Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Passive Buddies podcast. I'm super excited to announce our first ever special guest interview. Um, so I'm truly grateful for her coming on and obviously sharing her story again and in a different angle. Um, today's guest is absolutely crushing it in the online space with high ticket sales, core sales and other passive income streams. I'm so lucky to have her and have such a great relationship. I'm super excited to announce Saba Ali. Welcome. Hello, Brian. Thank you so much for having me. I know we've been connected for so long and I'm so excited to, to be here and talk about all the things with entrepreneurship and passive income and success. So thank you so much for having me. Now, do you know what, like when, when we looked at, obviously, because I, I put down a talk show, didn't I, a few months ago and I was like, right, okay, I'm ready to get back into it. I was like, I was like, I'm, I'm, I want guests again. And then I was like, who the one is my guest? And it was like straight away, top of my list. I was like, I want to have her. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I was like, I need to have her back. Um, so no, thank you so much. And it's going to be, it's going to be a bit of a different spin this time because it's not just solely focused on marketing, although a part, a lot of this podcast is the strategies behind that. But yeah, obviously it's going to be a different spin. So I'm excited to hear the different spin this time, obviously with you. And obviously, and that's why I knew we'd get a, a great, a great episode. Yeah. So I'm going to kickstart with, obviously, what attracted you to make money online? Yeah, great question. That brings me back all the way to when I was like 19, 20 years old. So this was back in like 20, 2016, 17, 18. So how I basically got into like the entrepreneurial online world was one of my mentors that I met through my university. And back then, like I didn't even know this like online world existed. And of course, back then, a few years ago, it wasn't as um, you know, high in demand as it is right now. But basically what happened was I just started to document and share my story online solely by creating content. I started off actually with blogging, then I started to post on Instagram and Facebook, and I basically saw social media as almost like my own movie reel slash like journal. Like I was sharing what was going on in my life, if I was traveling, lessons that I was learning all throughout college. And basically what happened was I started to come across these successful entrepreneurs who were making money online. So for the first, I wanted to say like one to two years when I was online building my brand, I didn't know I could be monetizing it. <laughs> and basically how I got into it was people, my audience that I had built, they started to come to me asking me for help. How am I creating content? How am I building my audience? How did I write a book? How was I speaking on stages? So that's when I realized like, oh, people could actually pay me to learn from everything that I learned within the past few years. So it's simply as that, I find it so amazing that nowadays, like, you know, people that are younger than us, they have the opportunity to make so much money online. But back then it was like just starting to boom. So it was fascinating how, how I got into this space. I think it was pretty good, obviously, from the start of your journey, because you were, like, I'm going to go with naive into the fact that you didn't know <laughs> yeah. how to monetize it. Like, what that had done for you, I think, obviously, is a really positive thing because you put out so much content and so much value before ever asking for anything in return, where... It's like, and that gives obviously a loyal fan base, and you've had followers. Obviously, I've followed you for what nearly four years, mm -hmm. um, and obviously that's just me. And obviously, people have started your journey a lot earlier than that. Like, 
you have such loyal followers because you gave so much value without ever having to ask for stuff in return, probably because you didn't know that you could, but it's actually served in your favor really well because now you've got a great base, a great following. And like, no matter what you put out now, people are just like, yes, yes, you've built the thousand dream fans or the thousand true fans. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's like, the thing is also... Um, yeah, like it did take time to build that brand. But what I also find like fascinates me is it's the way that society and the way that social media has evolved now in like 2022, it's faster for you to build your brand online and gain that authority just by producing content, right? It's like what I was doing prior to that for years, of course, it was amazing because I did build my, my loyal fan base. But nowadays, it's like if you have a really good expertise, a really great skill set, and you know how to market and brand yourself correctly, then that, you know, time frame to receive money and get clients is a lot shorter. Yeah, especially with like the the viral elements that are coming out right now, because all the platforms are just competing against each other, aren't they? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's becoming a really interesting war. So if you're like TikTok, Reels, like, like Facebook are competing against people, and it's just been like, do you just want to give more access to content creators to try and keep people on platforms and people who are leveraging that right now are literally seeing their brands go sky high and obviously Mm -hmm. i've seen yours go from like 10,000 11,000 a couple of years ago and now it's is it nearly at 40,000 just on your subscribers yeah midday so and that's literally just like i see reels all day every day it's just like bang bang and it the, the viral aspect to get your name out there is just absolutely crazy so with that audience, like what passive income streams have you now obviously created because of that audience? Yeah. So since I'm a coach, right, what I basically do is I do like one-on-one coaching, group coaching, but then I also have pre-recorded master classes and courses. So for me, if I hold a live master class. I can sell that on replay on the back end, which is amazing, right? So new people that are coming into my world on Instagram, Facebook, if they're just new and they don't want to jump right into like my higher level high ticket programs, they can buy my pre-recorded packaged courses and still learn a lot from that. And for me, it's like, I don't have to spend any time and it really is just passive because they can either send me a message or they can buy it um, through my website. So for me, that's been honestly very amazing because I'm honestly not doing anything, right? It was once live and then people can just buy it at any time. Another thing that we were just talking about before we went live on this podcast show is now on Instagram, they will pay you to create reels, which once again, blows my mind. Reels, it's still a very new feature on Instagram. So of course, they're going to reward people who are utilizing it very effectively. So for me, like, regardless, I'm posting on social media every single day, I'm creating content doing Reels. So if I can get paid to do it, of course, I'm going to show up a lot more. So you know, I've made already hundreds of dollars, close to 1000s just by producing Reels. And the crazy part about it is, I know some people who have like a lot more followers than I do, like hundreds of thousands of followers. And 
like the way how, like I'm getting deep into this, but I just, it just blows my mind. Like the way you get paid to make reels is based on views. And the people who have a lot of followers on their accounts, of course, get more views. They can get up to $35,000 a month just by creating content. So I'm like, that on its own is like a fucking business. <laughs> so I'm like, if you're not on Instagram making reels, I, I don't know what will like get you to be on there. So courses, reels, and then of course, like I still have my book that still produces income on the back end too. And then I also have, you know, investments into, you know, stock and Bitcoin and crypto. So that on the back end, of course, right now it's not doing so well, but <laughs> over time that still produces me income as well. But, you know, if you're a coach, consultant, personal brand, there's a lot of ways that you could package up your expertise and just sell it on the back end without, you know, exchanging your time for money. I think obviously like there's a couple of things there that are absolutely golden. And I, I want to just dive into them mainly because Obviously, people hear passive income as like, oh, you just feet up and when it doesn't come to them. It's like, yeah. no, passive income is more of a scale. It's like, obviously, opposite yeah. of passive is active. But, and then there's some things it's like, do it once, set and forget. Like, mm-hmm. so that little bit of active work up front, or like sometimes you'll have to check in. Like, I'm assuming content for you probably takes you about five minutes to write a post max, probably three. 20 well it's 50 seconds for a real bit of editing about two minutes so your content a day probably takes you five minutes max like literally if you if you had to just do it on the daily which i know you don't i know you've got like batch create but if you had to do it on the daily it's five minutes work for the opportunity to earn 35 grand like a month on reels to sell your courses on the back end that is a set and forget to get people through the door into your email list which again obviously you can sell to right what i want to sort of identify to the people listening is yes passive income is about obviously getting it about making it easier and obviously earning it's basically increased time per hour isn't it and obviously reducing the amount of hours and there is a little bit of active work that Sabbath obviously well and truly put in. Um, so obviously people, if you are listening, obviously you're thinking about passive income, you do have to do a little bit of work. But when you look at the spin of it, like you've got two choices. Like you can put in a little bit of work and move closer to the passive scale. Or you can sit there and work eight hours a day and never increase your income. It's mm-hmm. what one are you going to pick? Of course, you're going to pick the first one. And um, right. so I wanted to highlight that because people who are listening are going, well, Sabbath con- posts content every single day. That's not very passive. Well, yeah. when, you t- when you think about it, five minutes work, I'd say that's pretty passive considering what you can get on the back end. Yeah. Yeah. And especially if you're already doing it every single day, right? I'm assuming if you're a business owner, especially like online business, like you're producing content. So it really is just a no brainer. And I think what people really get hung up with when it comes to passive income is they want to make like the, the big bucks when it comes to passive income. Like they want to get like the 10 K a month passive hundred K a month passive. I'm like, that is unrealistic, especially if you don't have any passive income right now. When I first got started diversifying my offers and generating more passive income, I got so freaking excited when it, it literally happened. Like I woke up and I saw a hundred dollars come through. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I got more excited <laughs> about that hundred dollars versus like the 10, 20 grand packages that I sometimes sell for high ticket coaching. You know, it just, it's a different type of feeling when you do it. And exactly, it's like the work that you do on the front end 
and it's going to pay off over time. Yeah, definitely. There's two things there. And it's like success is a debt paid up front. You have to put in the work, but obviously the work can pay you forever. Like obviously it's one thing that I love about the likes of YouTube, obviously the compound and effect. And when you look at the passive income triangle, you've got obviously you've got your high ticket sales on the top, which obviously you spike your income, but you use that to be able to build the two foundations at the bottom, which yeah. is compound and income and monthly recurring revenue. And yeah. by doing that, obviously get your high ticket sales and then focus on the other two because they're the ones, as you say, when you wake up in the morning and $100 has landed in your account or $200, the more it grows, you're like, well, yeah, I got paid $100 to sleep for eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> oh, definitely. Um, so why did you pick the methods you picked in order to build your passive income streams? Yeah. Um, and like I, I mentioned this just a little while ago is like when people want to do passive income, right? Like they think of this like big, big number that they want to receive every single month or every single day. So of course, in order for them to get there, they're like, like, how does that actually happen? I have to put a lot of time, effort, energy in the front end. And also they just don't know how. Um, so as an entrepreneur, of course, I place my focus and attention to my business first, because that's what's growing. That's what's producing me a lot of income. And I rarely like pivot my attention to a new different project, especially if I don't know the ROI for it. So I feel like a lot, a lot of people when it comes to passive income, they're like, I have my business over here that I'm trying to grow, but I don't want to place my attention over here because 100% isn't over here anymore for my actual real business. So for me, I'm like, okay, how can I incorporate what I'm already doing in my current business to produce that passive income? Because in reality, I'm not really doing any more work. I'm just being smarter about how I'm packaging my offers and how I'm selling it, right? So like the same thing with pre-recorded courses, masterclasses, replays, there's more intentionality behind it of placing it on my website still talking about it even after the fact it's done so people can buy it right so it's like if someone comes across me on instagram they click the link in my bio they're like oh this master class it sounds great to book calls let me buy it i'm not doing any work right so what i recommend people to do is, is what you're currently doing right now in your business look at different ways that you can get creative to generate that passive income. Um, and then of course, when you get to a point where you do have more freedom, time, space, and energy, then you can explore different ways to put more, more time and emphasis to it. But for me, it really was, it just kind of came to me. Um, there wasn't that much more or different I had to do because it went hand in hand with my personal brand already. I think that's, it's a, it's a clever way of doing it, isn't it? Because obviously like when people look at passive income, they go, right, okay, so I'll build a personal brand and I'll sell some courses, right? Okay, now I need to learn how to flip NFTs. Now I need to, and yeah. obviously you spread yourself so thin, you actually get nothing done. Um, so being able to put all your time and energy into the same project, and as you say, just branching out um, exactly like how to, how to monetize in different ways. Obviously, because I've seen, the, obviously I've watched the journey, like from just selling the brand that sells, which was obviously an amazing, an amazing course, obviously to teach people how to build a brand online. Um, watching that, and then obviously watching these masterclasses come in. What have you seen in terms of difference to your revenue by doing this? Yeah, 
I was just talking to one of my clients about this because I always tell them like behind the scenes of what's going on in my business. I like, I'm so curious, like, what does your schedule look like right now? Brian, I will tell you, I have so much space in my day that I don't even know what to do with myself. <laughs> Cause like the thing is like when I do these master classes and like mini group programs, now it's really about volume. I'm at a point in my business where I have an audience and I can sell, you know, one to $3,000 offers without getting on a sales call and people like will buy. And then of course the lower ticket at a few hundred dollars. So, so for me, it's like, I don't have to be on every single moment of every single day. It takes me, yeah, it takes me, you know, less than 10 minutes to post a piece of content, a few minutes to jump on and talk about my offers on my stories, like five or 10 minutes to write an email. Right. And then after that, I'm, I'm probably, I'm just producing content or, or I'm creating new different offers. But like, I feel like a lot of people don't realize when you get to a point where you are diversifying your offers and figuring out different ways where you aren't trading all your time for money, you do have a lot of space in your schedule because it's not filled up with sales calls or like one-on-one coaching. Um, so yeah, like now it's, it's, it's a lot of room. It's a lot of space. And honestly, it's awesome. Um, because there was a point in my business where I had so many calls, group coaching calls, one-on-one calls, sales calls, and it was just burning me out. And I realized I didn't want to, you know, scale my business in this way. And you know, it's, it's very interesting that you talk about the burnout, which obviously a lot of people don't, well, they don't sell it, do they? They don't like talk about it. Like, oh no, this is amazing. Come sign up with me. And it's like, well, actually the, there is, there isn't a downside to it. And as you should say, like that burnout, that hamster wheel, like, like you can get caught up in very, very easily, can't you? Um, how did you sort of identify that this wasn't actually turning out as passive as you'd like? And then what, yeah. what sort of slap in the face did you give yourself? And then what did you change? Yeah, so I always wanted to build my business how, however I want to, right? I always wanted to build my business also how I consume and how I buy. So as a consumer, I really looked at how do I buy from other coaches, mentors, programs. For me, I'm always sold before I ever got on a call with somebody through their content, the way they lead themselves, through their free trainings, or even like I would even buy their low ticket trainings to see if I like how they build their business, how they sell, how they coach. So for me, like almost all the coaches that I worked with, they require doing sales calls in order to have that transaction be done. So I'm like, okay, like I'm going to get on a sales call. But like when I got on the call, I was already ready to buy. So what I realized was I don't need to be doing sales calls if people already know that they want to learn and buy from me. Um, so for me, like making that transition, it, it really was just like a no brainer. Um, I think the difficult part about, about it was I had built my business in a way where it was based on sales calls. So a lot of the clients that I taught was booking calls, making the transaction. So it really was a change of how I was talking to my audience because I taught them to buy from me through sales calls. So when I made the change, it was a lot of different messaging. I had to be really transparent about how I was doing business. And of course, like 
I'm not against sales calls. There will still be times where I'll get on sales calls with people who want to work with me at like a higher level, but I'll be very transparent, tell them all the details, tell them all the pricing in the DMs before ever getting on a sales call. And it's only to vibe, make sure that we're a great fit. Right. So, you know, for me, it was, I had always thought that way and I want my clients to buy that, that same way from me too. Um, so it's more about making decision and really trusting and believing that I can build my business this way because you can build a business and be very profitable, make millions by doing sales calls, having only high ticket offers, but I just realized that wasn't, that wasn't the way that I wanted to do it anymore. I like that because obviously what you've done is you've obviously massively saved time by obviously not having to jump on sales calls, not having you booked. Like you've given yourself more time freedom. Um, but what you've done is you've made your marketing and your conversation or conversion conversation so strong. You've made sales irrelevant. So you've literally just cut one part of your business like completely out just by improving and strengthening and changing your marketing. And you're still smashing these high ticket sales through DMs. Because as you say, like when you jump on calls, like if you're not ready, if their person isn't ready to buy, you you need to improve your front end. You need to improve yeah. that marketing. Because if they're not ready to buy when they jump on a call, it's like, well, come, come on. There shouldn't be really, there shouldn't be much that you have to deal with. It's just, right. It should just be about like, yeah, do I like you? Do I like talking to you? Do you? Could I sit there and listen to you for an hour or ask questions or vibe? Like, yeah, okay, ch- check that out. But to be fair, the power of social media now has given us the, the ability to obviously see how they coach obviously through masterclasses, see what they're like, what their lifestyle is like, how they act like through their stories. Obviously get us to a place where we are ready to buy through content creation. It's like, it's, some people obviously hate this. Obviously, if if the are listening is a sales closer, you can make sales irrelevant. It is possible, and you are obviously living, breathing proof that you've made sales calls irrelevant. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like once again, like if you aren't doing the sales call aspect, like content, it has to be stronger. It has to be different. You know, I still have you know landing pages people can go to to check out like you know, my, my methodology and my strategy and my framework. So once again, like they're not just buying into fluff or like bullshit. It's like, they know what they're still buying into, but there has to be those things set up. So it is easier for someone to buy But yeah, it's like, if I was able to like my last coach that I worked with, um, our conversation and like she never did sales calls at all whatsoever in her business, which I found fascinating. Um, I made the transaction DMs. It was probably like four back and forth DMs. And I wired her. I can't even remember. I think it was like 40 grand pay in full. And I had never talked to her on a sales call. And it was just because I knew through her content, I had bought into some of her lower ticket programs that she was the coach that I wanted to work with. And I feel like when you get to that point with your brand, it's a hundred percent your confidence, your belief in how you want to lead yourself and lead your clients. Um, So for me, I haven't gotten a 40K PIF in DMs quite yet. That's the goal I'm getting there. But it just, I just know like that, that showed me it was possible for me too. So the people that hate sales calls even, because I honestly never really liked them to start off with, 
hate them, don't want to do them, just know it's possible. You don't have to start by doing like high ticket in the DM. Do like low ticket, $50, $100, and that will boost your confidence to start selling more higher ticket that way. Nice. Okay. So if you don't mind me asking, Noshi, what's the highest that you've closed in DMs? 20 grand. (laughs) Well, I'll I'll say, so this was a repeat client. This was a repeat client. Um, But yeah, 20K was the highest that I've done through DMs. Nice. Okay. So you're halfway there. I'll I'll give that. Yeah. Fair play, obviously. So if you are listening, guys, you can't can't close high ticket deals through DMs. And to be fair, if you get a good enough appointment setter, they could probably do it for you. Mm -hmm. But they've got to be good enough. Um, and that takes a hell of a lot of training. Um, yeah. So what I'm, you did mention something earlier, I just want to circle back to quickly. Obviously, crypto is not doing too well. And mm-hmm. some stocks and shares aren't doing too well. Obviously, the world's going a little bit crazy. But if you if you take a span of obviously like looking at it over the next 20 years, obviously, it'll always go up. Um, yeah. How do you handle those scenarios where things aren't going well in terms of your investments? Like... Obviously, do you panic? Do you pull it out? Like, what, what, do, you, yeah. what do you do? I forget about it. <laughs> so for me, every time I make an investment, I, I basically um, have the mindset that it's like gone anyways. It's gone regardless. If it's gone forever, like I don't need the money. Um, I don't invest money that I need for like my, my business, for my team, for my bills. I invest money that if it disappeared tomorrow, I would be okay with And I think that's where people, um, you know, make that mistake because they're like banking on that return in order for them to do like this thing over here. And I don't do that. So honestly, it's like, I rarely even check crypto, especially when it's going down. Like I haven't checked in probably a few weeks, honestly, because I know it's going to go back up. So I'm like, okay, if you're going to invest, just forget about it and just leave it there because eventually it will build up for you. Um, and I think that's honestly like the best advice that I've ever gotten and what I've implemented, like only invest money that you're okay with losing. And this also goes for, if you're investing into like your friends or like a business and like stocks, you know, I was just talking to a friend who invested into a project 25 grand. They're like, yeah, I don't care if I, you know, lose the money. That's how I'm going to go into this partnership. I'm like, that's awesome. I love that. Um, so yeah, for me, it's like, if things aren't going well, doesn't matter. I'm not going to look at it. I'm going to forget about it. And I know eventually it'll, it'll go back up. I think that's, that's pretty crucial. Like I know obviously like I've got family who invest in crypto and like do day, day trading and all that type yeah. of thing. And obviously I've got crypto. I've not even opened the crypto app in probably about they just say a couple of months, like they just yeah. completely forget it's there. Sometimes people go, Have you got cryptos? Oh, yeah, let me have a look how much I've actually got. Um, yeah. so I'm in very much that mentality because, as you say, when you look at it over a 10 20 year span, which is it's going to be up there, and like, but when people and this is where people panic because people check it. Like, I remember my dad was checking, like, every day, oh, it's gone up, oh, it's gone up, oh, yeah. we're at two dollars now, we're at three dollars now, and he'd be like that, just what because when you look at it in that short space of time, like the small, like one day, it goes like <laughs> yes, yeah. it's like that, and you're like, whoa, it's like a heart monitor, and obviously, you don't it, it panics people, doesn't it? So, we say having that long term strategy, like, yeah, okay. I can afford to lose this for, for 10 years and because uh, I know it's going to come back tenfold when, yeah. when I do get a chance to obviously look at it. But having that sort of 
it's gone, it's fine. Is she takes that pressure off and obviously takes that panic away because then it's not very because people think, oh yeah, invest in crypto and obviously it's very passive. It's like if you do it your way, it's very set and forget. But I know a lot of people check yeah. it every single day, every half an hour. It's like, oh, it's, it's up with that. It's up. Well, that's not very passive, is it? That's very, very <laughs> yeah, it's active. Not, it's like a full-time job if you're doing that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's ridiculous. Like I know when my dad first started, it was like, oh, it's gone up. Oh, it's gone down. Oh, it's gone up. That can't be good for your mental yeah. health either. That's got to yeah. be a joke. So yeah, no, I, I like the way it's just like, it's gone. I'll, I'll see you in 10 years. <laughs> Spot on. So in terms of like, what do you think has been your biggest contributors to your success? Oh, so much pops up. Um, I want to say the first thing is really exercising and establishing my own discipline in my life. Um, business is really just like, I, I like to say business is a lot like working out, right? If you're consistent you're going to have the, the energy, the body, the confidence to just perform better in life, right? If you have the discipline, the consistency to do the same thing in business, you're going to exponentially grow. So for me, it's not, it was never about how can I get the next client? How can I get better at marketing? How can I have better offers? It was more about how can I first be the person who is even able to show up every single day to do it because I know eventually I'm going to figure it out. Um, with that also being said, I had a mentor way before I ever even had a business. <laughs> so for me, it's like, if you're around people who have already done what you want to do, your path to success is going to be a lot shorter versus you figuring it out by yourself. Now, I'm not saying like, I, I know a lot of people say like, you have to invest the money you want to receive from your own clients. Like in order to get a 10 K painful transaction, you have to do that first. Um, I agree with it, but I also don't agree with it. Um, I think coming from like an energy standpoint, you can receive thousands, millions of dollars without ever investing that type of money. But I feel like a lot of people need to be in that energy, that vibration, that confidence in order for them to receive. Otherwise, they're never going to get to that point. So for me, I know I'm very energetic. I'm very intuitive. And I also know every time I invest big, I receive big back. So like what I said earlier, I made that 40K painful without a sales call within like five or 10 minutes. I just knew that was my next level, regardless of if I ever got that investment back, just doing it boosted my confidence. So for me, it's always about like having the discipline, having the consistency, but also having someone there that can support you through the entire journey. Okay. So obviously mentorship and belief and discipline has been like, if you, that's probably the, the three, isn't it? Like, yeah. okay. And um, like, how do you stay disciplined? Because obviously you have bad days, you have good days. Like how do you, how do you stay disciplined every single day? <laughs> I think a lot of people, like I post on my stories that I'm like up at 6am, I'm working, I'm doing all the things. I feel like a lot of people looking from like the outside in think I'm like happy about it every single day. There's days where I don't want to get up and go to the gym. It's like some, like for me, some days I want to get up, I want to work out. And some days it's like, I don't want to get up until like 10am. So 
I feel like it's understanding you're not always going to have a good day, but after you do the thing that you don't want to do, you're going to feel better. For me, it's like night and day difference. If I don't get up, work out, do my morning routine, which consists of like journaling, meditating, my like energy is low throughout the entire day. It doesn't matter what day it is. And I know it's different for like other people for them, it might not be working out. It might be like going on a walk or something else. So it's less about like, it's less about like the instant, like gratification or like the instant, like do something that'll make me feel good only for like five or 10 minutes. It's more about like the long-term play. So for me, if I sleep in till 10 AM, I might feel good to do that while I'm sleeping, but I know the minute I'm going to wake up, I'm not going to have a good day. Right. So I always look at everything long-term longevity, even when it comes to business, I don't care if I have a low week, a low month, even a low year, I'm not going to stop doing this like ever. (laughs) Right. I'm going to be building this for my entire life. So if you look at it from a long-term play, it doesn't matter if you had one that day, because you can literally start over tomorrow. And it's funny that you brought that up because I have a piece of content that I'll probably post sometime in the next few days that says there has been so many times I have started over more times than I can count. (laughs) And when I say start over in terms of like resetting and having a better day tomorrow. I absolutely like that because a lot of people obviously as they're growing through this, it's like, it's a mental shift, isn't it? Like you've got to push through that pain. Like sometimes it's that discipline and that's what gets you the higher and higher and closer to that 1% of people is having that discipline, getting up and going and doing it. And don't get me wrong. I, my discipline's awful. My discipline is so bad. Um, and it's like, I've got three kids banging, banging and keeping me awake every all night. So like, but I still like, once the kids are in school, my discipline is like nine till three, nine till three, nine till three, every single day. Um, and, and just pushing, pushing through and knowing, as you say, like, even when you have a bad week, bad months, income wise, revenue wise, it's like, it's okay. It'll, it'll work. It'll come. It'll come. And it's just having that, like, having that belief to just keep going, even when you see nothing around you. So when obviously you are looking at obviously different ways to, to bring your income up, obviously, I know you've diversified that like you've got a little bit of crypto, got courses, you've got books. Like, how do you identify passive income opportunities? Yeah, so once again, like look at your business right now and see what you can diversify. Um, but also look at like, what are you interested in? So I know for me, one thing that I'm going to be doing soon is like investing into real estate. Um, I know that just such a great market to be in. And then another one that I'm looking at is actually e-commerce. Um, like Amazon FBA, before I ever got into coaching, I actually did drop shipping for a few months. Um, and then I realized I, I would just more of like front end personal brand marketing coaching. Uh, but now like I still love the entire model of drop shipping. I think it's amazing. And for me, when I look at it, I, I know how to set up a store. I know how to market. I know how to sell products. So if I can get that up and running, hire a VA to run that. It's like passive income for me. Like I don't have to do much, right? Mm -hmm. And for stores like that, I don't have to be front facing. It's just the product. Um, So I feel like it's more about one saying like, look at your current business, look at what you're doing, identify opportunities around that. And then once you have done that, 
look at different things that you're passionate about. Once again, it doesn't take that much time and effort for you to like sustain um, long-term and then just like hire someone if it is something like like drop shipping or even like real estate, a property manager to have that all running for you. Because at the end of the day, you don't really have to put that much, you know, time or effort towards it. I like that. Yeah. Cause obviously when you, when you look at the drop shipping again, active up front a little bit and then a VA takes over and it comes basically completely passive for you. Real, yeah. real estate again, do, do your research, which is your active side, put your investment in, and then probably give it to a property manager to manage. Yeah. So again, that's just all passive. A little bit of work up front, which I keep referring back to because I want people to realize no matter what you pick, there's something up front you have to do. And yeah. then obviously take, taking it and moving it right down the scale into the passive side. So no, that makes sense. Obviously, I like the dropshipping idea because if you've got the skills of marketing, you've got the skills of branding, you can literally pick up any business, take any business you want, put your skills to yeah. it, and you're going to increase ROI. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it's all about for you now, identifying opportunities is all about getting in, getting out like that. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> no, that makes it makes sense. It's Shay, like it's it's the right thing to do. You built up the you built the foundation up, but it's it's steamrolling and it's gonna continue to steamroll. Um and then obviously, yeah, where you can dip in, dip out, and then concentrate back on the business. Dip in, sort it out, passive, passive, and then keep going. Yeah. Like yeah. it. So, obviously, we're coming to the the end of the interview, um, and it's, as usual, it's I don't even think I need to do any editing. It's that good. <laughs> uh, so, thank you so much. If people want to know more about you or want to talk to you, where should they find you? Where should they go looking? Yeah. So, of course, I'm very active on social media, Instagram, and Facebook. Instagram, my handle is at the Sapa Ali. And I have, of course, a ton of free resources linked on my bio. I love connecting with new people. And of course, you can always follow along with me in my journey, everything that I'm up to on my Instagram. Awesome. So obviously, guys, it's at the Saba Ali uh, Instagram. That is where you will find it mainly. Um, because if I'm not mistaken, your post yesterday or the day before was about obviously having them both and moving more towards Instagram. Yes, yes. So, I still read. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay, guys, that's coming to the end of the episode. Um, Sabah, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story, your mindset, and your discipline. It's been greatly appreciated. Have you got anything left? Yes. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. Every time we we do a show like this, it's it's just so exciting because we've been connected for so long. And of course, it's always great to see where you're at, where I'm at, and just continue supporting each other. Um, but yeah. Yeah, like what I always leave off with is like every time like I jump on, I do an interview, even create content for free or paid. It always comes down to the individual to implement and apply it to their own life. Otherwise, like nothing is going to happen. Um, I know a lot of the times, especially online, there's so much opportunity to change your life, to make money. And it does get overwhelming. What I recommend is just doing the first thing that excites you the most taking the first step and just going from there. Eventually you will figure everything out. Absolutely love it. Thank you so much. And everyone for listening, thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you on the next episode.